0: Successful Performer Cast, Episode 35. This is the show that interviews one full-time professional entertainer per week with the goal of inspiring and equipping those who are working to make the leap themselves. This is the Successful Performer Cast. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Successful Performer Cast, the show that interviews professional entertainers to inspire you, our listeners. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you of a few things. Be sure to pick up your free PDF show booking and debrief form that I've put together for you. It's an invaluable tool that will help you keep track of all aspects of your show and get everything you can out of it in order to improve your act and grow as a performer. Pick it up at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com slash BookingSheet. Don't forget to visit our Facebook group where you can go and post questions and help each other out with any business challenges you might have. It's a closed group right now, so you'll have to request entry, but don't worry. I'll let you in. I promise. Find that at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com slash B group finally if you can think of anything i can do to improve my show any resources you'd like to see on my website or would like to suggest someone to interview please drop me a line at ks at or hit me up on the social networks and let me know i'm open to suggestions and feedback and have already implemented many suggestions from you guys now let's get to the good stuff It's my pleasure to welcome to the show a hilarious entertainer, John Crist, is an award-winning comedian from Denver, Colorado, whose edgy yet clean comedy has taken him around the country and made him popular with people of all ages. He was a finalist in Comedy Central's 2013 Up Next Comedy Competition, winner of the 2012 Denver Improvs Got Laughs Competition, as well as the 2012 Looney's Comedy Competition. He's opened for Seth Meyers, and in 2013, he performed 275 shows at top comedy clubs like the Hollywood Improv, the Comedy Magic Club in Los Angeles, and the Las Vegas Laugh Factory, the Punchline in Atlanta, and his home club, the Comedy Works in Denver. Add to this, performing for some Fortune 500 companies like Microsoft, GE, Lexus, and HP. Oh yeah, and he was also hand-selected by Adam Carolla to share the screen with him in an upcoming 2015 film called Road Hard. Louis Anderson says, It's only a matter of time until John Christ is a household name. He is so likable, and his stand-up is top-notch. John, I am super excited to have you on the successful performer cast as a guest. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Hey, Chris, good to be here, man. That's a heck of an intro right there, dude. I appreciate that. Very kind of you.
0: Hey, my pleasure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> after if everybody's if they're not uh they're not already have checked out by this time like good lord this dude's intro is uh, like i didn't i didn't i don't uh, require people to say that just for the record you know what i'm saying like everywhere i go like you better say these nice things about me but that's very kind of you thank you
0: hey my pleasure so let's uh, start off with a little bit of inspiration do you have a favorite success quote or a particular mantra that you live by
1: Oh man. Yeah. I got all kinds. Uh, let's see. I've, I got a bunch. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at, I'm at my house right now. I got all kinds on the, uh, wall. How about, uh, I got a quote from the pursuit of happiness. You ever seen that movie? Mm-mm, no,
0: I have not. You never seen that movie? It's a great movie. It says, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: if you want something, you could just go get it period. That's yeah. the whole quote. If you want something, go get it period.
0: And that, that was the, the one with, um, um,
1: with Will Smith,
0: yeah, Will Smith, and his son too, right? Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, and it's—I think it's based off a true story about a guy that uh, was—I uh, don't know what he was—he's struggling guy, and he wanted to, his dream was to work on Wall Street, and he just set his mind to that, and he—he uh, he made it happen.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, if if you want something, go get it.
1: Yeah, which I think is—you uh, you see a lot of a lot of people these days, like if somebody lots of times people hand me their business card or something like that. And you see like, especially in uh, the realm of entertainment, they hand me their business card and it's like, it's like actor, writer, producer, stand-up comedian, director. I'm like, so basically you do nothing is basically what, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, uh, like if you want something, go get it period. Like if you, like, if you like, that's an inspiring quote, but if it's, it's, directed at a certain thing. A lot of times people these days are like, you know, they're, they're a social media activist and they're a writer. And they're like, what? You can't, you can't be everything to everybody. Like I see a lot of people that are successful. If you look at uh, maybe a basketball player like Kobe Bryant or something like that. Like he all he cares about, maybe for better or worse, I don't know, but all he cares about is basketball. Mm-hmm. He cares about being, being better at basketball. He wakes up every day thinking about that.
0: Sure. Yeah. And
1: this guy and uh, I love that. I'm sorry, go ahead, buddy. Oh no, I, I
0: was going to say, um, uh, what what I do is I'm a a professional magician, and you see that yep. all the time in the in the magic community. People give yep. you a business card. They do birthday parties. They do bar mitzvahs. They do corporate events. They do course, everything. Yeah. So yeah, you got to yeah. pick something and uh and and hone in on that.
1: Yeah, and I think I think stand up was probably the same way in a lot of ways. Where when you start, you're just doing everything. Anytime somebody can get you – you can get hired to perform magic, he'll do it. I've been in all kinds of comedy clubs, churches, bars. Uh, I did a a biker bar one time. I did an AA meeting one time. I did a youth – like a birthday party. I've done stand-up at literally every – place. so when you're just getting started in your career, you want to just do it as much as you can. That's all. That's your only goal. But as you kind of get uh, established and maybe you're financially – uh, you can kind of pick and choose the the areas that you want to go you know what i'm saying when, and you and maybe a, a gig would come with through your uh come through your website about hey we want you to do this and you're like you know what, it's just not uh it's not going to be that's gonna, not going to be good for my career at this point you know yeah yeah. Early on, you can't do that though.
0: Sure. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. you, you kind of uh, evolve as you go. So, yeah, John, yeah, could you yeah. could you tell us uh, how that uh, quote has? May, maybe give us a specific example of how that quote has helped you out in your life.
1: Oh man, or, or I, uh, your
0: career.
1: <laughs> yeah, both probably. Uh, if you want something, go get it. Period. Is uh, I I, uh, I watched that. I've obviously watched that film uh, a bunch of times. But yeah, you could just say if you have goals about what you want to do and what you want to accomplish, whether it's uh, you know, you got goals for the day, you have goals for the year, you have goals for the month, you have goals for the week, uh, whatever. If you set your mind to actually doing something, uh, I just, and I would like to tell your listeners, man, this is the United States of America, man. You can do it. Well, I wouldn't say anything you want, but uh, like, I'm not going to be a professional basketball player. I've given up on that dream. That's not going to happen, you know what I'm saying? But Mm -hmm within reason and within the uh the god-given abilities that you have. Uh if you want something unbelievably bad, that's that uh, you can have it. Right. Right. John, I see a lot of times in uh yeah, go ahead.
0: Uh I was going to say uh, could could you give us the the short story of how you discovered comedy and how it discovered you and then tell us how you went into performing full time.
1: How that played out for you? Uh-oh. That's a that's a loaded question right there, my <laughs> man. Uh, let me see. At first, I remember like being funny. Kind of, well, okay, I'm one of eight kids, so um, I think a lot of times maybe I was the third of eight kids. So I got uh, I was super shy as a kid, and maybe I wouldn't say I uh, you got to do if you just for that amount of people you got to do something to get attention. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I I remember whether it was in high school, I just always remember being funny. And I, and I look back at my old yearbooks and, uh, people always say, Hey, thanks for making me laugh. Hey, thanks for, we had a lot of fun in class together laughing. So I, that was always, I guess a priority in my day laughter or, or cracking jokes about whether it's other kids at the school or whatever it was. So it was always funny as for as long as I can remember. And in college, Uh, I was probably kind of the same type guy. And then, and, uh, I wrote, I was, I was a journalism major in college. So I was going to be a, uh, like a TV news anchor. Like maybe I wanted to be on sports center or something like that. And, um, I got, I I took an internship right after college and I would, I was the anchor and I was so frustrated that you couldn't say whatever you wanted to say. You had to say what was on the screen, what was on the teleprompter, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was, there wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't so. There wasn't too much uh, individual expression, you know. What I'm you just had to write what other people said for, and that drove me crazy. And one of the guys, John Ma, I think his name is John Mark Green. We were riding in his Ford Explorer one day, and he goes, "You should try stand up," and that, like that. Uh, this would probably be applicable to all your listeners because I try. I, that was in two thousand and let's see, that was in two thousand and six. Okay. That was in 2005. That was 2005. late 2005. Yep. And the first time I ever did stand-up was in uh, June 23rd of 2009. So it took, me, it took me four years for when that idea first came into my head to process that. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, when you first hear it, you're like, no possible way I can ever do that. It's the scariest thing on earth yeah. to actually getting <laughs> up and doing it. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people – Maybe in your position, or or that that uh, pursue creative ventures of different sorts. You're like, I want to be a, I want to be a writer. Well, like by the time you actually get a book out, it's probably ten years later. Or you know what I'm saying? Or like, I want to be a, I want to be in a band. Well, by the time your band actually gets to any kind of like these things take a long time, and a lot of the lot a lot of that to overcome is just fear. It wasn't uh, the crazy thing about stand up comedy. And uh, probably I don't know if any of your listeners would be wanting to pursue that. But the thing about stand-up comedy, if you wanted to be a stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. Chris, you can, you can do that tonight. What city do you live in?
0: I live right side of Los Angeles.
1: Okay. If you wanted to be a stand-up comedian, you could be a stand-up comedian tonight. You realize that, right? Yeah. Like There's, op- there's open mics and there's, uh, there's opportunities all around that city in Los Angeles and in every big city. I live in Denver, Colorado, and there's probably f- uh, four or five stand up comedy open mics tonight. Mm-hmm. And that took me four and a half years to overcome that fear to finally take the stage. Uh, but a lot of times people are always trying to email me, and I do my best to try to help out as many people as I can. But emailing me and being like, hey, what do you think about this bit? Hey, do you think this joke will work? I've never done it before. I'm trying. We're like, you can- I can't. I can't coach anyone that's never done it. You just got to do it because that's the whole thing. It's just the overcoming that fear.
0: Yeah, you got to get it out in front of people.
1: Yeah, there's no – that's the great – the best and the worst thing about stand-up comedy is you can't try it on your roommate. Like either your roommate might think it's a great joke and it's terrible or your roommate might think it's a terrible joke and it's great. Like you just have to do it in front of a large crowd of people, which is the scariest thing on earth, but also – that's what energizes me every day, man
0: yeah it's probably one of the most thrilling things too
1: <laughs> it, it man that uh yeah I mean you laugh but uh for for better for worse, it would be like a uh uh in some level like an addiction man and I bet I would be similar to probably music is the same way or maybe being an athlete is mm-hmm. the same way where you're out in front of all those people and they're all watching you and you're you're kind of the you're kind of the leader of the venue or the room or something like that and everybody's <laughs> yeah. like that uh Especially if I mean, it, granted, it doesn't feel good if you don't do well, and they're ignoring you and they don't care. But if you crush, man, that's the best feeling on earth. Right.
0: It's it's a performer's high. So did yeah. did you what, have any what, uh that is. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you have any kind of um, uh, resistance from family and friends as you were trying to pursue this as a career?
1: Oh man, let me think. I'm trying. Okay, so I started doing stand up the first time in 2009, and uh, I went. I was about to say went pro that's not probably the word they use but I I, uh I said in 2009 I had a day job I worked at a cubicle in an office and I was just doing stand-up at night and I would do uh I was going out I went out uh, I was doing stand-up and I I think maybe a lot of the my stand-up was birthed out of uh out of pain in some way where I, I went through a breakup uh with a girl and I uh is, I never forget this story. I went, I went through a, a breakup that was like uh, pretty devastating, but I had a bunch of shows scheduled for the next week. And she broke up with me out of the blue, and I had like three or four shows. Nah, you don't have to sympathize now, but it's uh, – <laughs> looking back, we win. You know what I'm saying? But uh, you, you, um, I had all these shows lined up for the next week, and I was thinking to myself, how on earth am I going to – Am I going to do these shows in the midst of all this uh, all this pain and stuff like that? How are you How are you going to put on a smile and go out there and try to make people laugh? And uh, but I had agreed to do the shows and I committed, so I did them. And and I and I it felt amazing mm-hmm. that uh, that was maybe a place that you could escape from that pain a little bit, you know? Yeah. And that was the only it was it was on stage doing stand up and in church. I remember were the only two places that I was uh kind of free from that pain. you know what i'm saying, mm-hmm. so uh I just started doing i just started doing stand up all the time i do it i did it uh a couple times a night if i could I almost became like uh like uh like not in a healthy way, you know what I'm saying I just started right. doing it all the because it was it was an escape for me and, it, and and uh if I was being totally honest, it probably still is a little bit today mm-hmm. but uh Obviously, I'm not in that place that I used to be, but uh, uh, yeah, I started doing it all. So, people all the time are like, man, John Christ is such a hard worker. He said, but I wasn't at my old day job. I didn't work hard there. I pretty much went until it was five o'clock and then I left, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And then I didn't think yeah. about it until the next day. So, uh, whether it's work ethic, I don't know, maybe work ethic combined with uh, passion for what you're doing, probably. But to, to answer your second question, or. Er, the question about uh, did I find any resistance? Uh, yeah, and I actually I have a couple quotes, like negative quotes, written down on my wall too from people that uh, that did resist mm-hmm. uh, or think of. Obviously, you've got a stable job and a cubicle and a company that's uh, growing and they're they're adding responsibility to your plate. Yeah, and you're gonna tell you to call up your parents one day and tell them that you're quitting that job to go pursue stand up comedy. Like, uh, and, uh, yeah, they're gonna there's gonna be some resistance to that, man.
0: Mm-hmm. But I don't
1: think um, I'm trying to think. I, I that uh, wasn't wasn't necessarily like like people hating on me. It's just I think people being realistic because there are a lot of I yeah, mean, yeah, you know what I'm saying. You want to be like mad, but you're like, I mean, ninety nine percent of comedians are failures i mean uh, i don't know about that but a pretty high rate i mean it was, it would think the same of a of an actor for every for every tom hanks or or uh bradley cooper or, or uh ryan reynolds or whoever those are my those are my favorites but for every one of those dudes there's a thousand struggling i mean you live in la there's a thousand struggling actors that that can't afford rent
0: absolutely yep yeah, It's a
1: dream job because it's a dream, dude. It's amazing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's so, why they call it a dream job because everybody wants to do it.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. So I, I'd like to have you take us to a, a moment you have had where you've uh, basically, uh, w- whether it be up on stage or in your business, uh, a place where you've had a failure, something that we could all live from
1: or oh, uh, something on, we, we could all it, learn uh, from. <laughs> you could uh, – yeah, both you can yeah. live and learn from uh, man I got the thing about stand up is that I get um I get uh I have failure every day man every day every single day it's, it's single the, nature day. Of the beast uh, yeah it's the nature of the beast where you and I've been doing it 5 plus years um there's really no way to like even Jerry Seinfeld or Brian Regan or or whoever your favorite comic is mm-hmm. still fails and that's the that's the I would say the great part about stand-up comedy is that the there I've had a million I was I'll I'll tell you one on stage and then I'll tell you one on the back end of the business side. Sure. Uh the back end, um I I do a lot of like I was in I was out in LA last week and um people give you opportunities to either come on their podcast or their TV show or you have a uh you have an audition or whatever it is, and there's always there's always the opportunity in front of you to take a chance. And yeah. I uh, I was in uh, one of the biggest podcasts. I uh, I'm a friend of uh, a guy that produces one of the biggest podcasts in the country, and he invited me to come out and watch it, not be on it, just watch a live taping of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was sitting on the couch outside of the. Uh, the room where they're recording, and uh i thought of a, i thought of a joke that would have would have crushed on the show and whether i I walk in to the room and and say it or I talk to the producer ask if I could go in there whatever it was and uh I didn't do it and i i was oh, yeah. i was kind of i was kind of just happy to be there I was excited to be there but this and but you but in stand up the only way that I've made it is but by, by taking chances in there and if you're gonna sit on the couch uh, like that's a bold it's a bold move to walk in there and just and just say something but I regret not doing it I should have and then uh, whether I would have gotten kicked out or whether they would have uh, invited me in to be on the show I don't know but that's a risk that uh, this point in my career that, that I think it would be worth it and I didn't I didn't do it and I, I regret that and there but there's risks like there's things like that happen all the time I, t- I tell you what that's what happened on on the stage this is kind of sad, actually. So I was, I was uh, you know, in comedy, you can kind of like uh, like roast people a little bit in the crowd, or you can kind of make fun of, uh, like if I do a church, I can always, I can kind of make fun of the building or the, I can, and it's okay because it's, it's in through the avenue of stand up comedy. It's kind of right, like what right. it's about. I'm just just it's, like a little jab or whatever, but not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you like just walked up to somebody and be like, why are you wearing that hat? You look stupid that's hurtful, but kind of if you come into a comedy club, it's kinda of like, well, those things here we're kind of opening ourselves up to be roasted a little bit or be made fun of. Uh so I just a show a couple of weeks ago and I was just uh talking to some people in the crowd. There's this one guy wearing like a coon skin cap. Right. And I was like, Really bro, that you're gonna wear that? Oh, you're gonna come to a comedy show and sit in the front row and wear a coon skin cap. You know what I'm saying? Just not nothing uh somebody told me in, in stand up comedy to never make fun of someone for something that they can't change about themselves. right? You know what I'm saying? So like if somebody has like a big nose or is like bald or overweight or whatever, that's not something that you can necessarily make fun of, but somebody's maybe outfit or uh, somebody that drink that they ordered or the way that they're sitting or something, those are usually things that are more, that are uh, that more on the table to be made fun of in a lighthearted way. But uh, so there's this, there's this girl A group of girls sitting right in the front row, and uh, I was I was gonna kind of try to talk to them a little bit, kind of make fun of them, Mm -hmm. and uh, like in a lighthearted way. And uh, the one girl wasn't looking looking at me; like she was in the front row, she wasn't even looking at me, and she was kind of looking off to the side. And I was like, "Hey, listen, if I'm gonna talk to you, you better look up here. You better look me in the eye when I'm talking to you." And her friend goes, and the 500 people in there sold out. Her friend goes, uh, "She's blind." Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's exactly oh, the response. My gosh! And the air just like as a as a um, as a believer and as a Christ follower. My uh, like I'm all about making fun of people and, and and good fun and jabbing about this and that and and uh, but that I that was that I just my heart sank, bro. And I was like, oh man. Dude. And I I apologized as much as I could, and yeah, I talked yeah. to her after. Oh, man, we. we uh we hugged it out, and, and uh, I said, "I'm I'm so sorry." That's uh, that's, uh, and she kind of, um, I mean, she sat in the front row at a comedy show, and she said that's happened to her before. Mm-hmm. So it sounded like in the end that that wasn't a. Uh, it, she kind of enjoys putting the comic in a tight spot like that, you know. <laughs> like she kind of, I wouldn't say did it on purpose, but like uh,
0: she she kind of relished in it since it did happen. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she she didn't she kind of liked enjoyed the attention of it and putting making me squirm a little bit. So in the end, it was we worked it out and it was fine. And she's gonna come back to some more shows and she's my biggest fan now. But I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, but but that would I would I would call that a, a oh man a significant failure. But at the same time, I would do the same thing again tonight at the show. Mm-hmm. You can't. That's a risk that I took and I I uh, made an error. But I'm not gonna stop. You know, ad libbing on stage. I'm not going to stop because I've done that a million times, and 99 times out of 100, it works out and it's hilarious. Yeah. So the one, the one time that you do fail, you can't beat yourself up because I wouldn't be uh, successful today if it wasn't for whatever that is inside of me that uh, has the confidence to go after people like that. You said in your intro that uh, I'm like clean yet edgy or something. Did you say that? Yes. Yeah, so that that's the that's, that's always the, the balance cause you do, <laughs> Yeah, that's the edgy part. But you do you do uh you do like a, a church or something like that. I do a lot of churches, poor a lot of churches and there's like a like in a club, like in a comedy in a secular comedy club, I'm like the by far the most clean, wholesome, family-friendly, appropriate comedian there is. Mm-hmm. Like there's no there's no I don't know of a level That's, that's more cleaner, family friendly, but in a church, I'm kind of like the edgy. We're not sure what he's going to say type guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I'm always, I'm always trying to like balance, balance the two.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's really cool because I mean most uh, most comedians you see today they're they're really they're really blue and they're and they're dirty and they're dropping uh, you know curse words and stuff like left and right and so what yep. what I see with you is is you're kind of like a a breath of fresh air you know what I mean
1: Hey buddy, I appreciate that man. I work <laughs> uh, uh, I work hard to to make sure that stuff is uh, clean and and uh, a lot of I I shouldn't probably you know what. In all honesty, a lot of that, um, I mean, I, I, I grew up in the South. I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. My dad was a pastor, and I grew up uh, homeschooled. And so people would be like, how did you, how'd you become a clean comic? I, I never set out to become a clean comic. I just set out to be funny. Yeah. And everybody, everybody, I think, is just a product of how they grew up. So if you grew up, in let's say a single parent household where your your dad wasn't around and your mom was uh let's say your mom had a drinking problem and she uh sw- she was uh swearing all the time mm-hmm. every comic I feel in a lot of ways is just a product of the way they were raised, yeah, so I'm like you know I was, I was just it it was never as a kid, it was never appropriate in the circles that I grew up in to swear, especially in public, yeah like maybe. Your buddies at recess, you know would would say a word here or there, but it was, and and uh but in in a public setting in a public forum, whether that be in church or school i got i remember I got detention uh in ninth grade for saying the a word in class mm. and my uh, and i got uh, detention at school and then of course more punishment at home, you know what I'm saying so that was kind of the environment that I was brought up in that was unacceptable but you know I don't. I don't begrudge another comic that uh, he never, you know what I'm saying? It was never, it was never inappropriate to swear. So that naturally yeah, comes yeah. out in his act. You know what I'm saying? Nothing wrong with that. That's, if that's, if that's your kind of comedy, then you go that way. I mean, my comedy is not for everybody. And, and, and so you can pick and choose. there's plenty of good, great comics out there. You can choose the ones you like. Yep.
0: And the, the cool thing about being clean is that it, it just opens the possibilities of you performing at so many other places too. I mean, you can basically go anywhere.
1: You can go anywhere. Yeah. And that's what I tell a lot of, uh, it's, it's hard as a, as a comedian, it's hard to make a living. It's, uh, um, obviously it's the same with like, uh, any kind of career of that sort But same with a band. It's hard. It's hard to make a living if you want to, uh, um, there's a lot of comics around Denver that you know swear or talk about sex or pot or whatever it is, and so it's basically a, a numbers game. It's supply and demand. If you wanna, if you wanna have a show at a bar, I could call you a hundred comedians that could do it tonight, mm-hmm. and so that 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 lowers the price yeah. because there's a there's a high high supply and low demand. But if you wanna have a show at a church in Colorado, I I'm not even making this up in uh, in the entire united States if you want to do a a good hour plus long comedy show in a church, there is not ten people that can do it really in the in the entire there i mean how many c- how many comedians there is there are a hundred i wouldn't yeah. say a hundred thousand but there's a a lot of comedians man and uh the the ones that can uh do it in a church and be 100% clean and family friendly and you could bring your grandparents or you could bring your grandkids and everyone is going to have a good time there's not i mean there's maybe 6 or 7 people that could do it yeah wow. i'm not even lying there's maybe 6 or 7 which is so that's basically supply and demand where you can you can um you can kind of uh if, if, i don't know if you want to get into the finances being kind of charged a little bit more mm-hmm. just but it's just basically because people are they are in high demand you know what i'm saying
0: yeah that's that's and I do a good the, point
1: and I'd be the first guy to say I'm not the funniest dude. I'm not the funniest dude in Denver, man. There's there's I could name you fifty comics in Denver that are funnier than I am, but uh it's basically a numbers game, I guess.
0: Yeah. So on the opposite side of the spectrum, could you tell us about your favorite success?
1: Oh man, let's see. Favorite success? I did a uh I did uh okay, I can tell you um so I well, I was like crazy about stand-up comedy, when I was uh, my, one of my favorite comics, you read it in the bio, is a guy named Adam Carolla. Yeah, he's uh, and he's he wouldn't he would be the farthest thing from family fr- from family friendly. Certainly, but uh, <laughs> but, uh whether it's laced with uh, uh, laced with uh, swearing or or uh, hateful language or whatever, the truth he does speak the truth, and uh, if you listen, if you can kind of see through. Some of that stuff. That guy is a genius, and I was when I was just coming up in stand up. I was so moved by his uh, his uh, act or his his podcast or his whatever that I I started uh, writing him a letter like every month, and I just said I wanted to be his opening act. Yeah. So a, every month I just I write him a letter. Hey, Adams John, Christ. I'm uh, you know d- developing in comedy, whatever it is, and uh, I'd love to uh, I'd love to work with you or I'd love to open for you. And then I was always putting in something like, Hey, if you're out in, um, uh, I see you're going to be, out. I looked at his tour schedule. schedules. Like you're going to be on Phoenix next week. I'd love to come there. Uh, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was writing letters for a long time, maybe two years. And then, um, I actually, that he's, he, uh, I finally did ended up making a connection with him and, uh, we kind of, uh, he loved my stand-up, and he uh, actually cast me in his movie, man, which is coming out. It's called Road Hard. You said it in the intro. It's coming yeah. out uh, next uh, spring. That's which is, awesome. It's cool when those type of things, when that hard work like that over you know years, it pays off like that. It's, it's, you say, what is one of my... That wouldn't be the biggest thing I've ever accomplished in my career, but I worked the hardest for it, so it means the most, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's so cool, yeah. dude. And you know, it, it goes to show that uh, that that persistence is yeah. uh, is something that that can really, really, really work for you, you know.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think uh, I don't think anyone else is gonna. And no one. Well, I don't care what you do. It if you're uh, if you're. Uh, a plumber, or delivery man, or no one is going to believe in you until you believe in you. You know what I'm saying? And I always, from whether it's from the beginning or maybe it's a product of my childhood, I always I believed in myself that I had the ability to be great or that I could do great things. And I always believed in my stand up. And and it's it's probably because a lot of it it was confirmed by uh, like you read in the intro a lot of. You won a lot of awards. You know, yeah. A lot of people in creative in creative environments think that uh, they're good. Either their writing is good or their music is good or their blog is good. But uh, something, something should uh, – con- the public should at some point confirm that. You know what right. I'm saying? Validation. Like I have, yeah, I have a great blog. Well, if, the, if the, the page views and the readership is not going up every month, maybe you don't have a great blog. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or I'm a great, I'm a great musician, but if you've been struggling and can't get spots in the bars for ten years, maybe you're not great. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you're not even good. Yeah. And 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 and, and it doesn't have to be winning a prestigious award or an Emmy or an Oscar. I think it started out as uh, I was doing stand up in uh, the bars and i don't even i don't even drink that much mm-hmm. at least not while i'm working but the the yeah. who whoever was the best comedian that of the night they brought all the comics up and then the audience uh cheered for who the winner was and then they would win like a free bar tab for the night <laughs> and that was like i won i won that and i it was like okay th- i might there might be something here you know what i'm saying
0: yeah absolutely yeah and even
1: if, if even if it's not a career that you can win awards at maybe like uh promotions or raises or added responsibility if you think you're a great secretary but everybody's uh, you know trying to duck you all the time maybe maybe you're not that good you know yeah. what I'm saying yep <laughs> yeah
0: you know it, that validation that's uh that's a, a really important aspect of things too because if yep. if you're not getting that and if people aren't telling you. Um, you know, they're, they're enjoying what you're doing or whatever, then you have yep. to look within yourself and, and ask yourself some hard questions.
1: Uh, that's, a hard, that's a hard question. Well, especially yeah. in... Co- that, it's, it's a great point that there are hard questions, and especially in stand-up, mm-hmm. where it takes a little bit of a, a, a... I wouldn't say crazy, but like a little bit of a lack of self-awareness to do stand up, con- like who on earth do you think you are that you're gonna go up there and you're gonna make you know, a thousand people laugh? Like yeah. who who gave you that confidence or where? Like you've got to be crazy a little, little bit in some ways. And whether and I've been the same for you as a uh, a magician or an artist or whatever. Like who do you think you are that your that your writing is good if you never have written a blog before? So you have got to be a little. Something I don't know, and I've talked to, with comics a lot about this. Like, there's got to be some kind of wire that's not connected, right? Is that, <laughs> but in a good way, because that's the, every, It's the number one fear of all human beings is public speaking. Yep. And that's just public speaking, just sharing some ideas. Not even to get to public speak as a stand-up comedian. That's got to add. That's got to add to that fear times ten because now you're relying on the audience, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're a public speaker, you're a Toastmaster, or you get up and you don't have to do anything. You just got to get the words out of your mouth and then sit down.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But as a comic...
0: You got to make them laugh. You got
1: to... <laughs> yeah. And the you thing about stand-up comedy... You had to, the thing about stand-up comedy is uh, is mm-hmm. that will will If you're a musician and you, uh, you say you play the wrong note or you... Uh, you mess up a song or, or you mess up the beat, you're a drummer. Like maybe nine times out of ten, the audience wouldn't on the top of their heads notice that. You know what I'm saying? They'd skip right over and they weren't sure, and then uh, you kind of move on. But as a comic, if you mess up as a comedian, like everyone will know immediately. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you, make wrong, if you make a wrong choice on a joke, let's say I got a, I got a lot of jokes that are um, – there would be specific, maybe a joke that's specific to a church mm-hmm. or a joke that's specific to a region of the country or a joke that is specific to a certain age group. There's a lot of jokes that, like uh, like if you, um, you work at a casino, the casinos are historically older crowds, right? So they're, they're uh, retired people. So you're not going to do a joke about Twitter or you're not going to make a joke about texting and driving, right? Yeah. But if you go to a college or if you go to a youth group, you, you're not going to make a joke about uh, what the prescriptions you were on or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So you're always mm-hmm. not necessarily you made a bad choice about a good joke or a bad joke. You, the joke, it's a good joke. You just made a poor choice in the venue. I remember I did a joke. So I was out in San Francisco, and the, the, the closer punchline of the joke is um, that I, I took the girl, I took her to Cracker Barrel mm-hmm. is the joke. I don't, I'm not going to tell you the whole thing, but I did it. Leading up, everything was killing. I did the final punchline, and there was it was nothing. And then I realized that there's no Cracker Barrel in California. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're like, ah, dang it, yeah, yeah. So you just made a bad choice. But in that everyone knew it was a, it was evident to every single person in there that I just screwed that up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yep. <laughs> oh, Which is, man. Uh, you live and die, man. There you yeah, go. It's the best.
0: So what's what's worked best for you in growing your business, John?
1: Oh, man, I, uh, I'd probably say uh, just a lot of hard work. If, if you want uh, – maybe there's a specific direction that you want to go in, whether I work with uh, a comedian named Tim Hawkins, you know who that is? Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a Christian comic, and I, and I always had in my mind that I wanted to work with him. And uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of comics that I, I have a goal – to work with or something, but I think what's worked best for me as a career is getting up, getting up every morning with a with a purpose. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. or, with, or with some kind of goal in mind. Whether it's it's gonna be you got a you got a video idea that you're gonna move forward that day, or you're gonna write a certain amount of hours or uh, whatever it is. It it uh, uh it's 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 weird when you don't have a boss. Yeah. And you're, you, some people would thrive in that situation and uh, some people would die in that situation. And I, I, when I was working in my old company, I tried to get more and more. Oh, I was, I worked in sales and I tried to get more and more on commission every year because it was like, it's not fair if I'm working my butt off and I'm getting the same price, I'm getting paid the same as this guy who doesn't care. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? yeah absolutely but some people would are are to work on a commission basis like that would scare them to death yeah so i think i think uh if you're going to be your own if you're going to be your own boss oh, I, su- I remember as soon as i left uh my job my 9 to 5 job to do stand up all my buddies not all my buddies but in a lot of ways some were like dude now we can hang out during the day or do whatever i was like nah, no i <laughs> know it doesn't it's actually the opp it's actually the opposite cuz now if i don't apply myself and focus, I'm not going to eat at the end of the month. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to eat today. But if when you're at a job, you can kind of slack off a little bit because your salary is is uh, always coming to So I say, if you ask me what has really worked in your career, um, I would tell all your listeners to put, for whatever your dream is, put something at risk for it. Put something on the line. I see a lot of times... And and uh this may just be me being uh um critical but I you know uh you know Kickstarter Yeah. So I see a lot of people like want to get a Kickstarter to, to do an album or a Kickstarter to start a website or a Kickstarter to support a comedy tour like If you're a musician and you've done a Kickstarter to do your album and you've got all these people that you raised 10 grand you you really have no Emotional investment in that, you know what I'm saying? Because you didn't, you didn't, you didn't put anything on the line.
0: Yeah, there's like no when skin I quit. in the game.
1: No skin in the game. And when I, I was working, uh, you know, a fifty thousand dollar a year job, and I quit to do stand up comedy. Like that's a heck of a that's a heck of a risk. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You yeah, just, yeah. in essence, you just, in essence, put fifty. You made a fifty thousand dollar bet that you could be successful. Is in essence what you did by quitting that job. See, a lot of people, there's no, like, what, what have you put on the line? Whether it's, like, I, I risk things every day, and now I got, uh, you know, I have an assistant, and there's graphic designers, and there's website people, and there's agents. Now it, there's, a, there's a, but we're still risking things every day. But a lot of people, I, I don't feel like they're, they're that passionate about what they're doing because they've risked nothing for it. So if it all goes away they're like whatever i still got my 9 to 5 job we're good <laughs> you know what i'm saying if like uh but for me if i if i lose now we, we got problems you yeah, know what i'm so saying
0: you are on 100% commission at this point
1: you're on 100% commission <laughs> yes. Yeah, so people i like people that want to be uh i want to pursue my dream job or or and man even it doesn't have to be quitting to risk like if uh um a lot of times guy i went to uh uh, I was in, in Las Vegas, and I was trying to get a meeting with this, uh, this agent in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tried to call him while I was in Vegas because it's a four-hour drive from Las Vegas to L.A. And I was like, I'll come out there for a meeting any day this week. And uh, no response, no response, no response. So Monday, I'm driving from Las Vegas to Denver. It's a 12-hour drive. And okay. I, get, I get a call from that guy in the middle of the afternoon. He said, hey, let's set up the meeting. And I was, I was probably eight hours from L.A. at that point. But I said, okay, I'll take the meeting for tomorrow. And I turned around and I drove back to Las Vegas and out to Los Angeles. And then the 16-hour drive home because that's how, that's how much I cared. you know what I'm saying? Because I quit my job and that's, that was all. And that meeting, I ended up, uh, we ended up shooting a, uh, a pilot for a television show that could uh, hopefully release next year through that guy.
0: That would be awesome.
1: That would be awesome. But it's only because you like see risk risk something. And that's a significant amount of risk. If not a night's sleep, it's yeah. a lot of gas and a lot of uh I mean it's a couple that's what's a three, four hundred dollar risk, you know, right there just by making that decision. But a lot of people are scared to like, well, let me reschedule the meeting for next time I'm in LA. Well that opportunity might be gone. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yep. Absolutely. So I would I would tell anybody that uh what's worked best is just uh put risks. something on the, put something put something on the line for your dream
0: <laughs> absolutely so what's been your biggest professional challenge so far and and how, how have you overcome that
1: um i think one of the one of the biggest professional challenges i'm dealing with right now is that you uh when you start uh whether it's a small business or a dream or whatever it is you have to do everything you have to be um, you have to be your website host you have to be the comedian you have to be your agent you have to be your booking manager you have to be your travel coordinator you have to be your c p a you have to do everything right you have yeah. to you have to buy your own clothes you gotta every part of the business is on your shoulders because there's no money you have to do every part of it but when i my dream is not my dream was to be a was to be a stand-up comedian. My dream was not um to my dream is not to be up at two in the morning trying to uh book a rental car to get from Tulsa to St. Louis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the biggest the biggest uh issue I always have is I, I'm best when I'm writing jokes and telling jokes. That's my gift. That's what I can do. So mm-hmm. anything else outside of that. As soon as you have enough money to to let someone else do that, you do do it. Mm-hmm. So because you can't you can't hold the keys to the kingdom for forever. It can It's not going to go anywhere if you're still you're still booking the flights and you're still updating your website. At some point, you don't. You can't do all that stuff. Yeah, you, you have to you free hand, yourself
0: up so you can do yeah. what you're good at and what your stuff. I'm is. good at. It. I'm
1: terrible. I'm terrible at booking flights, man. I always book them wrong. Mm-hmm. I show up to the airport, and they're like, no, we don't. I booked it for the wrong day, oh, for the wrong man. airport. You know, it's, if there's like, what's your confirmation number? I was like, I have no idea. That's not, my, that's not my ability. But there's a lot of people that are super detail-oriented that are great at that stuff. So would you, if as soon as you have the money, would you pay someone 10 bucks an hour to book your flights and hotels and all that stuff? So you can, would you, is it worth... Paying someone ten dollars an hour, so you can spend that hour writing jokes, and I, and I would say absolutely. And however that applies to anyone else's business, I'd be I would I would pretty I would think it'd be pretty simple.
0: Yeah. How do you know what, when you, it's time?
1: It's that you're, what's that?
0: How do you know when it's time to uh, to hire somebody?
1: Um, I think it's just based on uh, how how your how your day is set up, and there's there's let's say for example um uh the html coding on my website Mm -hmm. okay there's a there when you have no choice you got to look up uh you got to get a template for your website or 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 get a a code a coding like manual so you can figure out how to update things on your website but i don't care how many hours of study, I do that a, a ten thousand hours of of HTML. I'm never ever 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 going to be good at that. Yeah. Never. It's not my skill. It's just not how my brain works. Every time I have to do something on my website, I just want to like commit suicide. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, but but so that that uh, not really. But you know what I'm yes. saying. That is, yes. it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much practice you give me let's say if i an become like i could never become an auto mechanic never it's just mm-hmm. not but you can't i mean if you don't have money you can't you yeah. know what i'm saying you you have to be you got to wear all the hats but as soon as you have money i think would be and and try it a little bit at a time you don't like a lot of people want to just hire a full-time employee well that's going to be forty thousand dollars you know what, mm-hmm. what i'm saying we, there'd be there'd be no uh There'd be nothing wrong with hiring somebody for, uh, let's say, five hours a week and, and just giving them all these projects. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yep. So just or, kind of uh, ease I'll, into it. Yeah, just ease into it or get somebody like, let's say, like what it, would what be the, if you're a magician, all you wanted to do, but you didn't want to go out and, uh, let's say, if there's a, a, a costume or there's a, a a parts for your act that you need that you got to run all around town to go to these magic shops find these certain if that's not something you want to do mm-hmm. or interested in doing you can there's all kind of uh, my roommate uses uh, a website called elance and he just finds people that are like willing to do jobs whether it's a uh, data entry or whether it's a uh, uh, research online. You can, he's like paying someone in India like five bucks an hour or something like that.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. One of the yeah, uh, other people I've interviewed yeah. uh, mentioned using Elance to have them yeah, build your list does. for you.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 He gets so. Let's say if I wanted to do something like uh, I want to find the uh, the the uh, email. Let's say I wanted the email of the pastor of every church in Colorado. Mm-hmm. You could, you could, uh, you could farm that activity out in a second. Yeah, to, for someone real cheap, and, and and honestly, someone that's going to do it way better than you.
0: Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> so, John, we're, uh, we're here at the end of the show here, and this is uh, kind of a, a lightning round of sorts where I have you uh, give a recommendation on a resource and then a, a couple of books. Uh, so first okay. off, I, I'd like you to recommend a resource, something that you always use to our listeners, and this could be anything from an iPhone app to something like a prop list for your show.
1: Okay. Um, what about a book?
0: Uh, we'll, we'll get to a couple books in a moment. Oh, we we'll are
1: getting to the books later. Yeah. Okay, let me see. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's, I'm trying to think of a recommendation. What do you mean? Like on uh, something professional that used to be better? Oh, I got yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just bought a thing at, uh, I think it went into, it's 2014, and you're always going to, whatever your creative venture or business is, you're always going to want to uh, put your best face forward on online, whether it's uh, social media. I just bought a... Uh, a tripod and a adapter for to put my to put my iPhone on a, a tripod so i could set it up anywhere and take a photo of myself nice. or uh, and that's as a comedian that's maybe that's specific to me yeah. cuz i always uh you know you find yourself in funny situations and you're always you can't really uh take the photo you need to take because you got to ask somebody hey can you take this photo of me and then it's an uncomfortable situation cuz it's a stranger mm-hmm um i just bought a wolf camera i bought it for 15 bucks or something like that now i got a tripod and i can put my phone on it anywhere i go man
0: hey nice tripods for uh for your photos
1: yeah get one of those
0: <laughs> it's it's <laughs> kind of like the original original selfie helper right
1: yeah 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 and you, <laughs> i got my phone on a timer you know what i'm saying it'll just it'll take for me it's beautiful
0: Perfect, and now I'd like you to uh, recommend two books. One of them could be performance specific, and the other one outside of uh, performance realm, like a business or a self development book.
1: Okay, does it? What does everybody say? The Bible?
0: Hey, you know that would work too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, 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 let's see. One of the best books that I've read is uh, a book called Fail Forward. Mm-hmm. And we and we uh, I'm trying to think of who wrote that. I got to sit right here. I can't find it uh John Maxwell wrote it and it's a, okay. basically a book I should read it again it's basically a book about how when you fail uh you learn from it and you figure out what you did wrong and then you can move like there's not much there's not much learning you can do in a victory i mean you you for whatever you made the but there's so much i do a show that's that's terrible and I record it on my cell phone, I can go watch that thing and, and pick up a million different things that I could learn how to do better. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, if they make a mistake, they want to get it out of their minds. They want to get rid of it. They're like, oh, I don't want, I want, I don't, I don't want that memory anymore. Yeah. Uh, but if you can learn to fail, failing forward, which means fall forward, and then you get when you stand up, you're ahead, of, you're ahead of where you were when you left off. So if you can learn, uh, if you learn that. Uh, and then my favorite book, that is not business related is uh, huck finn yeah nice great book man it's a yeah. great book yeah you think that guy uh he's writing about um mark twain he's writing about people that are uh uneducated and stupid but if you if you look at that book and how it's written that mark twain's a genius man to be able to communicate like that absolutely but that always you get if you're not in your uh and shoot tv shows are probably the same way if you're in your own mind all day, thinking about what you – if you get into – if you can spend a little bit of time in someone else's mind, whether it's in uh, a TV show or a book or something like that, it's, I feel like you'd uh, be more well-rounded as a person. Absolutely. Sorry, that's not I know this is the rapid fire. I'm giving you long answers, bro, my bad. <laughs>
0: no, that's cool. That's cool. It, it kind of gives us a, a look into your mind.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and by the way, a, yeah, uh, see, I, a a quick note to our listeners: uh, you'll be able to find the show notes for this episode at successfulperformercast.com/slash John Christ, yeah. and that's J-O-H-N-C-R-I-S-T. And uh, there will also be links to the books and uh, and uh, resources that he's listed here in this episode.
1: And look, I get I get zero I get zero. Uh, monetary benefit from those recommendations. They're not, I'm not getting paid. If you buy Huck Finn on Amazon, I'm not getting a cut of that.
0: There you go. <laughs> and I, I'd like you to do one more thing for us here on this episode. I'd like you to give a piece of parting advice to our listeners and then tell us where we can find you online, plug your services, any products uh, you might have and, uh,
1: you know, Facebook, Twitter, uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, man. It's, I, well, uh, I, I went to, uh, went to a, a Peru on a mission trip this summer And there was, uh, we went, we were up in the middle of the jungle, middle of nowhere. And when you see those kids uh, living at that orphanage and uh, not having really the the resources to educate themselves or whatever it is, you think to yourself, man, that if that kid could cure cancer, we're never going to know about it. You know what I'm saying? Because that kid doesn't have the what for whatever reason doesn't have the resources to make. And this, and if you're born into the United States of America you have the resources to make whatever dream you want happen. It's, I, I know it sounds like uh cheesy to say it, but you can there with the internet and the, if you're doing something spectacular, I don't care if you live in the middle of Montana via the internet, people are going to find you if you're doing something that's great. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'd say I would just, my parting advice would be do things that are great and share it with people, man, because I, uh, I found that to be the most rewarding thing about stand-up is when people are like, Hey, thank you. You know, I've had a, I've been going through a divorce for the last year or I've been having real bad health problems. And for the hour that I was in that showroom, you shared your ability or gift with us. It was a, it was a blessing. And I would say the same thing about some of my favorite writers or authors or musicians, those people that shared their, their talents and, and gifts with the rest of the world is uh is an amazing thing. So go, go make things that are great and, uh, share it online with everybody. And then, um, speaking of, you can find me online at johnchristcomedy.com. And then all of my social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Vine, Instagram, uh, it's all at the website slash John B. Christ. So Twitter.com, YouTube.com slash John B. Christ. Awesome.
0: And, uh, I I have to say, you guys have to go check out his Instagram feed. There is some funny <laughs> funny stuff on there.
1: <laughs> and now it's now it's going to be funnier because of the tripod.
0: Yes, yes. There you go. Yes. You know what? Yeah. I I um I have kind of a a funny uh funny story to share with you, real quick. Um, Let's hear it. See, I I was uh you know I I I found out about you on Instagram, and uh, you know I've watched video clips of you and stuff, and so. So, I, I decided yeah. to go on iTunes and see if you had a comedy album, right? Okay. And All I right. went on yeah. there and I searched John Christ and I found John Christ and I didn't yeah. listen yeah. to it. Yeah. So, I, I okay. downloaded somebody else who uh, I, I bought this album, which was not you.
1: <laughs> oh, snap. yeah. I know that it's a musician yeah. of some sort. Yeah. Because yeah. I know I get uh, Google alerts come up on my phone when somebody mentions my name online, and sometimes it's that guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know, so did you get a refund? Did you get a refund for it? You probably no, didn't. I didn't. And now every time that comes through on your iTunes, on your random, you just get pissed. You're like ah, <laughs> yeah,
0: pretty much
1: fake John yep. Christ. Yeah. yeah. It happens, man.
0: So de- definitely check John Christ out online. Watch his YouTube videos, and uh, but but don't go on uh, don't go on iTunes and, and uh, search for him because this John Christ is not there.
1: Not yet. Not Not yet. yet. We will be soon.
0: All right. John, you shared all kinds of great information that our listeners can use to help grow their performance businesses. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your experience.
1: Grace, you got it, buddy. I enjoyed it.
0: Hey, my pleasure. Have a good day. Hey guys, this is Chris Shepard, your host, signing out. I just wanted to remind you of a couple of things here. Uh, Be sure to visit our Facebook group and interact there. You can find that at com slash FB group. And also don't forget to check out that free PDF show booking and debrief form. And you can find that at com slash booking sheet. And also if there's any way that I, that you think I can improve the show or anything uh, you would like to see in the future or anybody you'd like me to, you know, try and get on the show as a guest, uh, just shoot me an email at ks at successfulperformercast.com. Now go out there and make your dreams happen.
1: No one is going to believe in you until you believe in you.